Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you so much for all of that for as long as you guys have been doing it. Um, And, you know, as usual, I'm here with uh, Mr. Benny. Howdy, howdy, Pat. Oh, we're going to get ready to have a good show here. Yep, yep. Rip Raring and ready to go. Woo! We're Rip Raring ready to go. Transcontinentally. Yeah, baby. Uh Melissa Joy Johnson's Mm -hmm. in the house. Yeah, she's in the house. She's right here. She's, uh, well, she's right here virtually, let me say. She's like virtually here. Um, and the reason she can be virtually here is because she tackled what I think is one of the most difficult, let's just call it a concept for the moment, concept that we face in our life. And that is the idea that we actually are and live in a limitless universe. Yes, that's limitless. You know, you've heard the term before. I know you have. You all went to see that Bradley Cooper movie. So you know about that term, but what does it mean to have the art of limitless living be a way of life for you? Well, that is the book that she has uh, written, but it's also a way of life for her. You know, it is, how am I going to show up in the world? And what is it about this idea of stepping out and making sure joy is coming in the forefront? And you're going to hear a little bit about that. But also, uh, what is this idea of self-love as integrity? And there's one of the questions that I, that I hope I get to talk with her about is why integrity is playing such an enormous role in her life. Whether she, you know her as a teacher, uh, whether you've seen her in seminars, whether you're part of her coaching practice or holistic uh, learning, all of the above. One of the things you're going to find out is that this book, The Art of Limitless Living, is more than just a book. It's really a question mark that you will have embedded on your soul. And that question mark really has to do with, am I, am I going to be a warrior when it comes to my life and the art of limitless living? Melissa, thank you for joining us today. Great to have you here. Oh, thank you for the beautiful introduction. It's I'm delighted to be here. Um, the let's start. Let's come right out of gate and talk about you know what happens when we look at our life and we see it in segments of limitation. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that because you talk about it in the book, but you also you know I've heard you speak about this out there in the world. You know, sometimes we can really get out on on a ledge and see infinite possibilities, right? We have moments of that, I think, where we see infinite possibilities. But then something happens, 
And we start to, as one of my coaches once upon a time said to me, and I fired the coach though, by the way, Pat, you got to scale your thinking back. You got to scale your thinking back. And I thought, I'm going to ask you about that. Have you ever been told, Melissa, you got to scale your thinking back a little bit, sister? It's funny, uh, not in the (laughs) exact words, but I remember uh, somebody once telling me that I would uh, never make a living uh, doing what I'm currently making a living doing. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I ended up getting that person's job. But I think yeah, the, the funny thing about that, Stephen, you have to scale your thinking back is that, you know, the, the problem is, in, is is encoded in that statement, thinking. Thinking will always bring forth uh, limitation. The, the function of the mind really is to compartmentalize and segregate and and it will polarize uh, the experience of reality. So you, you can't necessarily think your way toward what you want because uh, what will end up happening is you'll get as much of what you want as what you don't want. And so really the, the art of limitless living is about going beyond uh, all scales of thinking to the heart of it all and the heart of completion, which will create uh, reflections of limitless living. So yeah, we want to think, but we want to first access the heart and allow the mind to follow. Absolutely. And that's what I love about this, you know, too, because, you know, I know where my thinking has gotten me at some points in time in life. And oh my gosh, how painful is that? And yet at the same time, you know, what you're talking about today to the world is you're talking about a phenomenon that's like breathing. One of the things I love is the quote that you come out of the gate with in the book, and it's your quote. You say, you, are, you already are what you wish to become. I want to just ask you about how that quote, how that statement, how that's become an embodiment of what you believe. Well, so often we we spend our lives striving for, I call it the if-then meme. If this happens, then I'll be happy. Um, if this happens, then I'll be successful. If this happens, then I'll uh, accept myself. And we, we are continually... Um, programming our realities um, for the because, and as, as such, our life is on pause. And so the statement, we already are what we wish to become, basically encodes for um, all the ingredients that we need in order to lead extraordinary lives, limitless lives, uh, it's already within us. We already have that. And we simply need to activate that innate intelligence, that innate potential, and and learning to live and embody heart-centered awareness is what activates that so that our true authentic desires become reflected as situations and circumstances. I love the question, some of the questions you ask in the book. Uh, one of them in particular, I, I just uh, wrote down, uh, what if the gap, this is one of the questions that I want to explore with you and then ask you about it in terms of the art of limitless living. What if the gap could close between your inner self and your outer reality and you can open to your own true authentic magnificence? And I want to talk to you about that because this book is not called The Blank of Limitless Living. It's actually called The Art of Limitless Living. 
So what it says to anybody that's listening today here is that there is a creative element, a creative emotional element, maybe heart-centered element. Um, And I would love for you to talk about what you discovered on the way to writing this book about yourself that may have changed as a result of it. Well, I think one of the things that really came out of um, writing this book, there was a lot of things. You know, I say that we don't write books; books write us. So, yeah. as the as the book was being written, um, there 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 were a number of times where um, I felt the need to get really vulnerable um, to provide certain experiences that I had gone through as access points for the reader uh, to give them a reference for. Um, activating their own innate potential. And so in in going through the writing process, I think there was a lot of um, self-forgiveness and uh, recognition that there really was nothing to be ashamed of about experiences that had transpired in the past, that um, the stories that, uh, that were kind of defining my experiences really didn't define me. And so in the process of, of writing the book and, and asking myself, you know, what have been the experiences where there has been a perceived gap between uh, the way my life looks on the outside and how I'm feeling on the inside and what were the uh, distinctions that I made to close that gap? That's all woven throughout the book. Um, you know, one of the examples that I used was my transition out of the pharmaceutical industry into creating a more meaningful career for myself. And um, I was very aware for a number of years of a gap between how I was feeling in my heart about my career and what it looked like uh, externally. I looked like I had uh, you know, a wonderful career. It was lucrative and I had friends and was traveling around the world. And, and yet there was a gap between how I was feeling and what I was experiencing. And instead of trusting my heart to guide me in making a change, I um, kept ignoring the callings of my heart. And, you know, my body started breaking down. I started getting tired. All the excuses that we make um, when we're afraid of making a change. And eventually, as I document in the book, I I got hit by a double-decker red bus in in London that sort of pummeled me into a different reality. And it was it was the best experience. And, you know, at a certain level, it was a terrible experience, but it it was a placeholder for me that represented, all right, I don't necessarily need to be so stubborn and resist making a change that I have to get hit by a bus in order to transform my life. And so how often do we fear the, the unknown and we're afraid of listening to our hearts. We're afraid of trusting what is um, welling up from within. And so these external situations will, will play out like, like a bus um, that, that will then jettison us onto a new path. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I came down with the mystery disease six months uh, after I started this 15 years ago. And, you know, it, it it's when, uh, for me, I didn't have the, I don't know, chutzpah, gumption, wherewithal, knowledge to even see that I needed to stop, that I was on a pathway that wasn't going to close the gap. And, you know, part of this is looking at what you've created to help people about understanding what limitless living is and then how to get there. When we come back, we're going to talk about what is the language of the heart? 
And as I mentioned before, something really interesting that both Melissa and I have in common, we've both had an opportunity to write about integrity. When we come back, we're going to talk about what the integrity effect is and how beautifully she is bringing a new narrative to that dialogue. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. We'll let you know how you can get a copy of The Art of Limitless Living, how you can find out more about her, all of the above. We'll be right back. Janice Underwood Show, helping you create the life you want, not the life you tolerate. Tune in each Monday, 9 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as Janice delves into the life creator system and the next step in your spiritual evolution. Janice Underwood is gifted at helping spiritually minded people shift their mindsets to unleash the creator within. Our souls wish to wake us up. Those of us listening hear the call. Do you? For more information, visit JaniceUnderwood.com. Conscious Confidence Radio, a timeless wisdom with Sarah Main. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and join Sarah on an adventurous journey to the deeper level of meaning to move beyond today's world of constant change, confusion, and uncertainty beyond the shadow of fear. This hit show explores key concepts such as confidence, values, and attitude in a dynamic way. To learn more about Sarah and her work, visit sarahmain.com. Tune in to Synergenetic Living Radio, where Rick and Grace Paris discuss the synergenetic way of life, what it means to truly change your perspective in life, what it means to take control of your life and manifest your true desires. For more information on Rick and Grace Paris and Synergenetic Living, check out SynergeneticLiving.com. Get clear on the life you desire and the current life you are creating and what is between the two. Synergenetic Living, living life loud. Do you know how powerful your thoughts and beliefs are in determining your experience of your life? Is it really true that simply by changing some of the words you use in your day-to-day language that you can change your life? I'm Megan Edge. Join me on Playing on the Edge Radical Change with Ease with my co-host Dr. Pat on Transformation Talk Radio. I look forward to seeing you there. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Practice living in wholeness with the body tune-up. Six classes for $89 designed for radical self-healing and self-regeneration. Heal the deepest root of any challenge. The mental body was programmed in negativity. Not good enough. Separate from source. You're too much. You'll never make it. The emotional body holds all the pain and trauma of emotional suppression. All the pain from this life and life's past. The spiritual body is the place you connect with your higher power, your higher self, with the image and likeness of the one. The physical body houses and expresses the other three bodies every day. Go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Evolve, become a practitioner. We need to heal, integrate, and bring into wholeness and harmony the physical body, addressing all the other bodies in order to live in our true, authentic nature. Listen to your heart when he's 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. The art of limitless living. Yep. This is really what I love about this. And I love about what Melissa has written about is she is tackling something in this book that I hope I can, I can spend more time on the rest of the book, but I think it's so important if she and I don't talk about it, both of us have found that this one next thing we're going to talk about is the difference between living a life that you truly love and are aligned with on a daily basis and not. And clearly there's so much in the book when we talk about limitless living, but it's hard to even wrap our mind around that if we are negotiating for our failure. Uh, Melissa, before we jump ahead and get into this, right? Um, I want to know um, how, what's the best way for folks to get a copy of the book? And also, how can they find out more about you? How can they work with you? How can they find out everything about you? Almost, almost everything, not everything. <laughs> the best way to find out everything about me is to read the book because there's a lot of me in it, even though okay. it's not an autobiography. Um, yeah. My website is www dot mjoyheartfield.com and that's spelled m-j-o-y-h-e-a-r-t-f-i-e-l-d.com um, there are links to purchase the book there however readers can go directly to amazon barnes and noble or indie books to get either the print edition or the kindle edition and there will be an audiobook lovingly narrated by yours truly available june 1st but you would definitely want to get this is one of those books you want to hold in your hand. I yeah. think it's, people say I can open to any page and the book will just speak to me magically without even necessarily reading it from um, you know left to right. Yeah, I, I mean, I did the same for it, but I'll tell you, I got stuck in a couple of places that I went back and read over and over and over again. And, you know, this is really part of what I want to start out with here in this next segment. Um I think we learn from our experience that there are, there are life things that happen in life that truly embed and allow us to open up our heart. And that opening of our heart allows us to move forward in ways we can't even predict. And part of this in what you've written in the book is you've absolutely combined a number of ideas, one in particular that gets left out. And I want to talk with you about this idea or the enactment or embodiment of language of the, of the heart and how that language of the heart leads us to understanding the value and virtue of integrity. Well, when I talk about the language of the heart, uh, what I'm referring to is, is effectively a, a consciousness of completion where, where literally we we embody this knowingness that we already are what we wish to become. Um, the, the language of the heart, it doesn't encode for limitation. It doesn't encode for fragmentation. It doesn't resonate with uh, what I refer to as a physics of predictability, um, the, the, the presence of the past. Um, because things happened a certain way, uh, and they've always been that way, they'll always be that way. Um, the, the physics of the field of the heart, it's really a physics of possibility. And it's a physics of uh, creating an unbroken, undivided connection with 
our true authentic self. Um, and it, it connects us to the only part of ourselves that, that knows itself as being complete. And so what the physics of uh, the language of the heart really is, it's, it's the physics of integrity. And it's, a, it's an integrity that isn't some external moral standard that we have to constantly strive for. Um, it, it's kind of like grace. It's, it's freely given. And so what integrity means to me in the book is it's that physics of connection to ourselves and to something that is bigger than ourselves, but it's still somehow us in, in all expressions. And so integrity and the language of the heart, heart-centered awareness, to me, they're one and the same. Yeah, I think in the book, and this is really what I wanted to talk to you about, is you, you, you say something um, that is really so powerful. You say the heart has no gap. The heart has no gap. And I really, for me, when I see people in agony over a life that they believe they haven't, you know, they haven't chosen or something in their day that they're just banging it out and getting it through. And they'll even say, it's not where my heart is. It's painful. There's a painful experience. And in the book, you know, one of the things you reference is this beauty that integrity gives us in the form of an alignment, so to speak, or those are my words. And what does it mean to us in the art of limitless living to live with the heart that has no gap? And I would love to hear you talk about that a little bit, because I think that's a powerful vision to have for oneself, a heart that has no gap. Well, you could consider that living from the field of the heart and living in integrity, it's its a form of loyalty and commitment to the soul. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening so often is that we we abandon the heart in 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 the name of expectations or in the name of justifications or in the name of, um, we could even call it commitment. Like, Oh, I've been in this job for 10 Mm. years or I've been in this relationship for 20 years. And the thing about the heart having no gap, um, the heart has no polarity. The heart also does not lie. And so when we're, when we're trusting and listening to the field of the heart, it's like tuning into this, universal GPS that will always map us to our own true north and will always spin us in the volition of our joy. And so really, there, I think there's no more important thing that we could ever do other than choose to live in the field of our hearts. Now, easier said than done. And and when I say that, I just want to bring it down to a practical level. Uh, you know, we, we, we spend so much time uh, in our minds, um, either reminiscing about the past or uh, envisioning the future, but but we're never really seeing clearly and completely through our minds because our mind will always perceive through perceptual filters, through biases, through schemas that were encoded from the past, and the heart bypasses all those schemas and and it. It doesn't compartmentalize. It doesn't dualize. It simply is a consciousness of completion that lets us connect to uh, the integrity of our soul, the integrity of our being, and our 
personal truth, which may change in the next moment, but it's always updated in real time. Yeah. And, you know, this idea of always being updated in real time is a beautiful gift that we've been given. See, as humans, we also have such limitless, limitless ability in this earth's skin that we're not really aware of. And what you just mentioned is such a dynamic ability that we have. I want to ask you this question. Here we are, we have amazing, amazing gifts, talents, ability, potentiality, limitless. What gets in our way, Melissa? <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because I, I want to answer the question with everything. But ah! <laughs> because that's the first answer I heard. Like everything gets in our way and then everything... Yeah. And what's in the way becomes the way. It becomes the opportunity. But um, really, what get, what gets in our way are are the um, the limiting thoughts and the distorted emotions that we have um, based on how we've encoded our experiences in the past. And so we will often, um, you know, you could say that everything is fear, but I I like to say it, and I did say this in the art of one that was living. A lot of times we we cloak our fear in the name of logic, and what we say is logical. Uh, justification for uh, not making a change is really fear in disguise. Mm-hmm. And um, there's an there's an exercise in the book where I where I I make the distinction between uh, coming from the heart and coming from the mind. And usually the mind will um, play play games with us in the name of trying to keep us safe. But it's really it's really fear cloaked as logic. Yeah. You know, you know I, I wanted to talk to you uh, also. The book has so much in it. And what I mean by that, Melissa, there's so much in here for people to read and then have almost like an instantaneous awareness, a new schema, so to speak. Um, and I wanted to talk to you when we come back from break about this this one thing, this one thing that you call the logic for the heart. Just one thing, one powerful, powerful thing. When we come back, we're going to be talking about this one thing that Melissa calls logic for the heart. And what is it about that? What is it about that one thing, this logic for the heart that connects the dots, connects the dots, a synthesis, so to speak, happening in front of you? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. And by the way, you can get your copy of The Art of Limitless Thinking. And what's going to happen? You're going to begin to step into that and start to, yep, close the gap. We'll be right back. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Have you ever wondered if there's a way to heal the deep, hidden inner issues, wounds, beliefs, and traumas? The journey into spiritual healing engages people in all areas of their lives to heal themselves and others. 
Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Dr. Jaffe brings conversations of healing of body, mind, and spirit as he merges the excellence of traditional medicine with the beauty of spiritual healing. For more information about Dr. Jaffe, this show, and his work, visit drjaffemd.com. Tune in to Knowledge Rook Radio with host Marge Potasic each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Through many experiences, Marge was led to the Knowledge Book, a gift to humanity in its transition to the Golden Age, and it provided the truth and the answers. She now shares information from the Knowledge Book with you each week on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information, visit USA.TheKnowledgeBook.net. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Are you ready to make deep, lasting, transformative changes? Then tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio for Susanna Jameson's hit show, Love Light Sound Radio. During her show, Susanna inspires and supports spiritually and health-conscious individuals all over the world to reconnect with their hearts, their inner peace, and balance. Love Light Sound Radio. Transformation happens here now. For more information, visit SusannaJameson.com. Integrate spirituality into your everyday lives on Universe Soul Heart Radio. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Kathleen Johnson explores the concept of sensible spirituality, keeping you grounded, connected, and centered on the path to wholeness. Kathleen has dedicated her life to facilitating holistic healing and wholeness in others. Listen to Universe Soul Heart Radio and learn how to flourish, grow, and impact all we do on planet Earth. For more information, go to universesoulheart.net. Oh my gosh, I am like seeing the disco ball coming right down, right in the middle of the show, Benny. It like brought me back, back to the day. Oh no, am I going to mention Studio 54? Did I actually say that I did? Where'd you get that track, Benny? <laughs> I found it on, on our uh, server. Uh, I want to know, uh, you actually were there. You went in, right? Come on. I'm asking. Oh, I wasn't right. there. Okay. Come on. <laughs> I'm asking you. Yeah, because, you know, when I was younger, I actually did have, I, I actually lived my life really quite limitlessly, mm-hmm. but not in the way Melissa's talking about. Right. I just like, okay. Wait, Party. Wait, where was that song? <laughs> what was that song? Was it, yeah. Oh, it was Total Eclipse of the Heart, but it was a remix by Nikki French. Yeah. But what year did it come out? It was in the early 80s, right? Uh, or 70s, I thought. I think 80s, you're right. I think it okay. was the 80s. But well, that's he where just opens. That's well, where the art of living opens with the 80s hair and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect it, song. It is a perfect song. Uh, Bonnie Tyler, way, 83, just to let you guys know. 83. Yeah, uh, there what, you go. 
What Benny did is he aged it about 10 years by putting the disco Maybe version 20. of that thing. Maybe 20. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm trying to like not go back that far. Uh, I used to stand on a, a fake stage in my bedroom with a hairbrush and sing that song. So I know all the lyrics by heart. Oh my. Okay. I feel a karaoke moment coming on. <laughs> Oh. That is not included in the book. I did not disclose that. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to give away. Listen, if we're going to talk about limitless living, then we're going to get into a little limitless energy right now. We have five copies of the book to give away right now. Five. And you can do your disco dances. You're dialing in. 1-800-930-2819. Benny will just start to give them away. We have five copies of the book to give it away, The Art of Limitless Living. So you can start living limitlessly now. Um, You know, Melissa, look at, there is so much in the book, but what I want to say is that it's not just that there's so much in the book for us to have to help us, you know, close the gap, step into limitless living. But it's the way you've written the book that I want to talk about for a minute. Um, When you open the book, no matter what page you're on, there is something for everyone. But more importantly, there's a way to get from that something you're resonating with to where you want to go. And before the break, I said that this thing, logic for the heart, there was one idea, construct, act behavior, attitude, whatever people have called it before, there was this one thing that you call logic for the heart. And and then I want to talk about how that is the key, the key for the heart-mind synthesis. Tell us what that one thing is, that one thing one, thing one. Thing one is intuition is logic for the heart. And thing two would be intuition is logic for the heart. Uh, because it really, it really is. Intuition and, and heart-centered awareness are, they're synonymous. Um, the, the embodying heart-centered awareness gives us access to our own innate intuition channel and really enables us to bypass um, the things that get in our way, back to your earlier question, um, you know, our thoughts and our belief systems and our prior experiences and our schemas and the parade of the imagined terribles, as I refer to it. So, uh, you know, the, the intuition that's available through the field of heart, a lot of people talk about intuition as being a function of the mind. And I think that's inaccurate. Um, I think the mind will um be deceiving to those that are perceiving. And when we allow ourselves to really resonate in the field of the heart, there's what occurs is a, is a, it's a, it's a knowing without knowing how we know. Um, we just, we get this, um, resonance. We just have a sense, um, that something is in alignment or it's right, true, and correct. And we may have absolutely no idea how we're going to make that happen. Uh, but if we, Uh, employ what I refer to as heart-mind synthesis, and we integrate the field of the heart with the mind, well, that creates a formula for limitless living. So trusting the intuition and allowing the mind to follow, not abandoning the mind, because it's important for making choices, but you have access to more choices when you're trusting your intuition, and that's why intuition is logic for the heart. Well, you know, this is important for a lot of reasons, because 
There are, and many of us have done this, Melissa. We And by the way, 1-800-930-2819. We're giving copies of this fabulous book away. Um, one of the things that I'm so clear about is I'm one of these people that has lived most of my life from a very intuitive place and had to learn the art of the mind, when to bring the mind in to make a decision. Now, I'm, I erred because I went through stages where I'd second guess myself. I wasn't in the heart-mind synthesis that you talk about in the book. I went from all the way over here on the left. Then I went all the way over there on the right with logic. And that was one of the most painful times in my life. I have to just say for me, you know, trying to live a life all from critical analysis and thinking was like bizarro for me. It was so counter to who I was. And I believe it ultimately had something to do with becoming ill, my body becoming ill. So I want to talk with you about this idea of integration as you talk about in the book. And what I mean is the heart and the mind synthesis, but I would be remiss not talking about emotions because it was, like I said, so painful to be living in that logical, logical, logical every day and ignoring the intuitive side of who I was. Well, yeah, it, we are, we are naturally intuitive beings and, and, you know, emotions are very, very misunderstood too. I, you know, I mentioned in yeah. the book, there's, there's as many theories on emotions as there are emotional theorists. And so, you know, a lot of times people confuse, uh, emotions, uh, for, for feelings and some emotions are intuition and some emotions are thoughts with a charge based on prior experiences. And so I sort of unpack this, uh, in the book in a way that's very understandable for readers because living from the field of the heart is not living devoid of emotion. It's integrating emotions and leveraging emotions, um, as, um, you know, a powerful cue for determining, you know, which way to go yeah. and learning, to, learning to trust your emotions as an extension of intuition is really, really important. Uh, I, I, I address in the book, uh, this sort of surge in, uh, in, in empathy and in surge in awareness of empathy where, um, people are becoming aware of their empathic nature and, and really we're all empathic. That is, that is the natural state of a human interconnected interrelated, uh, universe. And so being able to make a distinction, what are my emotions? What are maybe the emotions of the collective, what I call the we motions, um, and being able to really trust from the field of the heart what you're emoting, what you're experiencing, what you're intuiting, and then allowing the mind to follow is, is what's encoded and then uh, unpacked through practical play in the art of limitless living. Well, you know, when I think about this and I think about many, many ways, absolutely many ways that I could think about how, as I read your book, I kept thinking about, oh my gosh, I did that the other day, right? I'm reading it and I'm having this awareness of it. I'm having this notion of things. And one of the things I realized is, and I've said this before, and I want to talk about it with you and maybe go ahead and skip the break, Benny. Um, 
how often have we thought about the fact that we operate on a planet with other people and sometimes we act as if we're on our own planet. We're in a world of dynamics and dynamic energy. And yet we just have not connected to the fact that there might be a we, that there might be something in a sphere of energy, um, a love sphere as you call it, that we are not isolated and alone, not by what we think and not by what we do. I absolutely agree. And in fact, in early in the book, I sort of take on the uh, new age meme around we create our own reality that sort of implies that the individual is the uh, sole driver in all experiences that happen. And that's not true in the we experience. Reality is really a complex dynamic interplay of a myriad of choices that are happening uh, mm -hmm. through the collective. And what becomes available through heart-centered awareness is what I refer to as the physics of the we experience, where there's equal service to self, equal service to others. Um, what, what we've been kind of witnessing at the collective um, have, has been some excessive contrast where um, when that dynamic is out of balance, when there's either too much service to self or too much service to others, um, there's, a, there's a physics that does not um, – it's not sustainable. And so we watch um, certain paradigms uh, – falling apart, things mm -hmm. reconfiguring. And so by virtue of embodying the field of the heart, we begin to also embody the physics of the we experience where, yeah, our wants, needs, and desires are every bit as important as other people's wants, needs, and desires, but they don't override other people's wants, needs, and desires. There's a symmetry that allows for really love to be expressed in all distinctions. Yeah, um, um, I want to talk about the imbalance you mentioned for uh, for one reason, because you do mention it in the book. You know, at more times than not now, we're hearing how many people are 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 feeling their way to eating more food than they need to, uh, taking drugs that help them feel better, uh, drinking something that will numb the pain or numb the joy or numb all of the above. Um, and you talk about it the way I talk about it, and that as addictions, as distractions. And I wanted to take a moment to talk with you about that. I'm not just talking about what we put in our body, but we are addicted to anything and everything that keeps us from ever turning it off, putting it away, uh, not turning it on for 15 minutes, uh, and then not ruminating over how many minutes do I have left before I can post on Facebook. But these are, right? How long has it been since you were on Facebook? <laughs> well, how, how long has it been since you thought about being on Facebook? How about that? <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is if you look at the science of mirror neurons, the thought of being on Facebook will still trigger the same neurochemistry as actually right. being on Facebook. <laughs> right. You know, and it's the same for addiction. You know, the thought of getting drunk uh, or numbing oneself uh, is still part of that, that neuro wave pattern, those connections that you're attempting to perhaps even rewire, but you're still plugging into them. 
I mean, why do you think uh, television advertising and video advertising now is doing so well? I mean, the imagery of reminding us of what we don't have that we absolutely need. Absolutely. And, and, and the photoshopping of models that aren't even uh, oh. you know, human to make us desire something that's physically impossible. Um, you know, that's, that's programming us to be addicted uh, to distractions. And, you know, it's interesting in the art of limitless living, I, I, I write about addictions as distractions and, um, and I profile the neurochemistry of addictions, uh, relative to the neurochemistry of love. And I actually show the, 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 the process of what happens in the brain in the presence of love and how it's exactly the same neurochemistry that's triggered in the, in the presence of addictions. And so ultimately we're all addicted to love. And when love is seemingly not available, we'll reach for anything as a cheap substitute to produce that feel good neurochemistry because we're as much neurochemical as we are energetic beings. And so, um, it doesn't matter whether we're talking about alcohol or Facebook or shopping or seminars or sex. I mean, it's it's all sort of the the same thing. I define them as as you know placeholders. They're all there to reflect back some aspect of not loving self that we've not yet recognized. And um, through the Mjoy teachings and specifically in the Art of Limitless Living, I support the reader in moving from addictions as distractions and compulsions to the freedom of choice. Um, because even yeah. thinking that you need to get over your addiction is creating this neurofeedback loop of an addictive cycle. And, um, and it's really hard to break when you understand that there's also neurochemistry involved, but we don't have to subject ourselves to that neurochemistry. Cause when we bring self-love to the equation, that mm -hmm. self-love is really the only addiction worth keeping. Yeah, it is. And it is. And here's the thing. We now live in a society where the notion of talking about self-love leaves people in a complete state of confusion. <laughs> I, don't you think? I mean, I mentioned it the other day and somebody said, oh, that I don't want to be a narcissist. And I'm like, oh my gosh, please. I can do a whole show on narcissistic personality disorder and has nothing to do with self-love. You know, well, and, and a narcissist right. just love themselves. No, they loathe the, themselves. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, you know, part of this too is looking at once all is said and done and we're looking at, yes. And obviously people really are relating to this because I believe we've almost given away all the books. Maybe we have one left for those of you out there that have been trying to get in. The phone lines have been full. 1-800-930-2819. Oh, wait, let me do that again. 1-800-930-2819. Please call Benny. Okay, I got to talk about this. Integrity relating and the ricochet effect. I have to think to myself, who is this, Melissa? Who is this person? And I just am reading this book and I just got a sense uh, of you that I didn't have. And that is, you obviously have been touched in a very, very universal way. Because the things that you're bringing forth in this book and the way you put them together, they don't see hard. They don't seem unreasonable. And I've sat at lectures in, in large classrooms and listen to professors 
try to talk to people about some of the things you have in the book. And one of the things I love is this book is coming from your heart. It comes from your heart. That's why it's so easy to absorb. Thank you. That's got to be the ricochet effect, although it probably is not. But, <laughs> but, but you see what I'm saying? There's a reason that we have a network, an entire network, and a show that's been in existence 15 years bringing conversations like this to bear. And I didn't get it until I read your book. People ask me why, and I've never had a good reason. I've never had a good reason for why we were so popular and why we continue to grow. But now I've read your book, and I still can't put it into words. But I would love for you to talk about this idea of the ricochet effect and how important it is to keep it real and to keep speaking our truth. Well, when I talk about uh, integrity relating in the in the ricochet effect, mm -hmm. uh, first of all, you're, you're correct. I, it, I've been touched by um, <laughs> by the ability to access language when sometimes words don't do justice to the experience. <laughs> but I've also experienced it, and so yeah. what I've to do is is map for the readers um, what happens when. Um, when we make choices that are out of integrity for ourselves and or we choose to support others who are out of integrity. And 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 so the ricochet effect, um, it's actually describing I, I, I'm a master at physics. And so the physics is woven throughout the whole book without me really even talking about it. I sneak mm. some in chapter nine. But basically, <laughs> uh, the, the ricochet effect talks about the physics of what happens when we are supporting um, structures or people or patterns that are not embodying the physics of heart-centered integrity. And what ends up happening is we get ricocheted. So we end up getting pummeled and our situations and our circumstances and our lives will kind of skew sideways. And then we'll say, well, I don't understand what happened. I was in integrity. I was trying to be of service. I was trying to support um, this structure uh, or this paradigm or this morphic field or this corporation. I don't understand why I got pummeled. Well, that's that's the physics. It's a it's a different geometry than the physics of the we experience where there's equal service to self and others. And so the ricochet effect is kind of like um, you get pummeled, you get boomeranged for being in relation to a pattern that's out of integrity. And this is what um, a lot of people don't really understand. They think, oh, well, as long as um, as long as you know, I want to be of service and and I and I have good intentions, I'll be okay. And it's like, no, you have to also be aware of the patterns that you're in relation to, because nothing happens in a vacuum, even though everything comes from the vacuum. Does that make sense? It does, because you know, in the in the world, and you know, isn't it interesting? We're talking about schema, and we have a phrase. Uh, in our society that says, you know, by the way, Melissa, in the scheme of things, right? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting? Um, but how limited is that? When we say in the scheme of things, what it means is there's some forethought that has gone in to a convolution of experiences lined up perfectly in accordance with some predestined, predestined formula that has nothing to do with the energy or the, of the, or the emotions or the heart-centered reason that we've, we exist. But yet, but yet, 
we will follow that scheme slash schema to the grave. And I think what you're asking and in sharing in this book is not just a heartfelt journey, but it really is uh, a consistent convergence of heart, of mind, of spirit, and most importantly, of that level of imagination and intuition that so many have talked about. Yet we've never really had quite a book like this where you've laid it out in a way that we don't have to take a 50-week class to make changes. Yay. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. you know, the intention behind the book was to make it accessible to as many people as possible because yeah. not everyone is interested in uh, exploring spirituality or exploring science or bridging the two. They just want their life to be more rewarding, more fulfilling. They just want to feel more joy. And so that was the intention of the book. And uh, I, I think the intention was was met and and then and then some because you really can open it to to any page and and it's also a book of hope but not some esoteric fluffy hope it's really grounded in practical everyday life because it's very easy to look at everything that appears to be happening um, and say, oh, the world is falling apart. You know, our traditional prevailing paradigms are unraveling and um, the world is coming to an end. And, and really the book talks about how uh, the, the, we're really, we have everything before us and nothing before us. And we, we have an opportunity to move beyond the schemas of the past, the physics of predictability into the physics of possibility where we can create new heart prints one choice at a time, one moment at a time. And that actually creates brand new maps for navigating in these unfamiliar brand new terrains. Yeah. And, you know, I hope you will come back because for those of us that are in the world and you're in the world, you know, what you're shining a light on here in so many, uh, every sentence in the book is so well thought out that I could probably do an hour on each. But one of the things that I want to leave everybody with and ask you for your personal message is something that you say. You say anything that divides, even with with revelatory aspects, ultimately disempowers everyone. And so clearly this is a book about connection and a book about understanding how we heart connect with each other Thank you so much for today. Please give out your website. And one last question, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. The website is www.mjoyheartfield.com, M-J-O-Y-H-E-A-R-T-F-I-E-L-D.com. And I think my personal message for our listeners today and those that tune into the recording down the road would be that um, no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you are experiencing, no matter how far you may think you've deviated from the path of the field of the heart, um, it only takes a moment to return to the heart as home. And it only takes a moment to open into the possibilities that are available through the field of the heart. But um, the change is our natural state and you can experience self-love as integrity. Um, It simply starts by asking, opening, allowing, and receiving and trusting intuition as logic for the field of the heart. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. What a fabulous book. I think we did our best to give all the copies away. 
Um, but I want to thank everyone out there for tuning us in, turning us on. Benny, thank you so much for all the right buttons. And Melissa, thank you for being an absolute shining light in the world. Thank you so much for your show. And I'll oh. see you again. Yeah, you got to come back. Oh, yeah. I'd love yeah. to come back. Yeah. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.